I'm Kieran. And I'm Eve. This is Kitchen Table Cult. Where two quiverful escapees talk about our experiences in the cultish underbelly of the religious right. Hey, Kieran. Hey, Eve. How are you? I am here. It has been (laughs) chaos. By the time this episode goes out, it will be my last day as a senator in school and I handed off the keys for the Laney Queers over the weekend, so I'm almost officially phased out. Woo, so much. Yeah. Yeah. How are you? I'm all right, hanging in there. School's going and I'm busier than I've been in ages, but it's good. It's really good. Um yeah. Kicking yeah. off some some photography stuff and continuing to keep moving on that so having fun with that nice yeah i've seen some of your pictures and they look amazing if you want to go check them out it's after eden photography on instagram which is like you know the dumbest joke about my name ever but i love it so (laughs) good it's so good um yeah no super fun um yeah and sorry for the the lapse last week. We we had a a really big, wonderful guest agree to join us, and there were some logistical issues, and it fell through. So um, between that and and Kieran's, you know, transitioning out of school stuff, we figured it was best to just hold off a little bit and like make it happen when it would be less stressful for everyone involved. So stay yeah. tuned. We got a good one coming up. It's gonna be really great. It's going to be very exciting. I'm kind of also glad we wound up waiting because what's going on that I just found out about a couple days ago this week is really interesting. I'm really excited to talk about it. So what did you find out? So we've mentioned Teen Pact a couple of times before. I think we've only talked about it obliquely, though, like in relation to like how... Generation Joshua and HSLDA... Yeah, so so now... So now we get to talk about Team Pact because they're about to make the news even though like the world doesn't know it yet. Right, because um, Tim like hopefully, Eccles... Hopefully this won't go anywhere. Hopefully this won't even make the news. But yeah. if it does, this is, this is why. Yeah, if it does, if you notice some weird things happening in Georgia and like why there's suddenly a lot of students running around doing campaign work. A lot of really modest homeschoolers knocking yeah. on your doors. All of a sudden... Yeah, so Tim Eccles is running for the appointment to U.S. Senate in the state of Georgia because Isaacson retired. He's got cancer. He's stepping down. And um, fucking Brian Camp gets to make an appointment. Now, normally, when you have an appointment like this, it's someone who's well-practiced and has been around and has, you know served their time and and even had elected office once before or something like someone who's got experience and they just tap them on the shoulder and like they step in until the next election which is how senator mcsally in arizona got you know the seat but but that's not what he's doing no. Wait, what, so, what, what, what the fuck is he doing, Kieran? Well, so in Georgia, apparently, what happened is you could fill out an application for the position online. 
So instead of, you know, going the... So he put up a Craigslist ad for senator, basically. Basically, yeah. And Tim Eccles, who is the public service commissioner, which is, I believe, an elected position, but it's a very, like, he does a lot of the energy work and a lot of the, like, regulation of... Well, deregulation, really, because it's Tim Eccles. <laughs> yeah, he's pro-fracking. Um, he's pro-nuclear energy. Yeah. He's got he's got a, like, diversify from foreign oil kind of policy. Right. It's, it's the foreign oil that's the bad thing, not the fact so, that it's oil. Well, yeah. So he's, like, as progressive on energy as you can get on the conservative side of things because it's still, like, very pro-capitalist and, like, fuck the earth. Right. Although he does brag about having three electric cars, which okay. he needs because he has a family of like... 500 ten, kids. Yeah, he has a lot of children. So, yeah, so he's he's in that position. And and uh, I will say to his credit, as far as I know, he's not a climate denier, like a climate change denier. So like... Right. He's as, he's as liberal as you can get on this issue for that world. Yeah. For being a... Christo fascist right wing Republican, he's weirdly almost okay on energy stuff. He's like as good as you can get, which is okay. not a high bar at all, but it's like one step above like Just moving the climate the isn't changing. For them. Yeah. So it's like it's it's a, a weird he has a weird progressive energy stance for that world that is like Yeah. Yeah. Not not for like us out here, but yeah. All right, so energy policy stuff beside. Before he got into this, what did he do and what do we know him for and why do we even care that he's throwing his hat in the ring for this job? Well, I'm like trying to crack my knuckles, but it's like not coming across right now. Pretend that Karen has certainly helped yeah. out. Yeah, pretend, pretend I cracked my knuckles. Yeah, so Tim Eccles founded this little organization called Team Pact in the mid-90s. And it started off as this sort of uh, training for... First, it was boys only. The first, like, oh, two really? years were only boys. Okay. Um, I remember reading about this in the history somewhere. I'll have to dig it up so we can link to it later. Now, I'm sure... I'm sure this whole teen pack thing is like tied to the revolution concept, like tied to the whole mythology of teenagerhood that Greg Harris liked to teach. Because didn't you notice that he was like mentored by Greg Harris at some point? Yes. And the reason it's called teen pact is because it's like a mix between the words teenage and impact. Um, okay. So mix of teen and impact. And that that's like, that's getting back at this whole like, I, I wonder when Greg Harris first came up with this sermon because I feel like it's also like for older than him, I feel like Francis Schaefer talked about it too. Oh yeah. Yeah, this like whole like the mythology of the teenager and like letting them run ramshot over everybody. Yeah. Like Yeah. I'm so sorry that child labor laws were passed and you can't employ us as like, you know, minimum wage slaves anymore up until a certain point. Right. Wow, you guys are butthurt. Yeah. Yeah, well, and what's really great about that is stuff that we'll get into later with the <laughs> not Team Pack student projects where mm -hmm. Tim Eccles makes money that students don't see. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Labor, labor, honestly, to be 
very, very blunt. I think, in my heart of hearts, that the only way to really get all of these people is on child labor oh, issues. Oh, absolutely. I think that's the like the their most vulnerable point. Yeah. Across the board. Yeah, it definitely is. And uh, there was actually a complaint filed against Tim Eccles for that, but they never found anything because... They never um, what? They never f- found anything that they could get him on because um, he was very careful about the wording. And there's a bunch of Team Pack families who are very loyal to him. So they're not going to say anything that would get him legally in trouble, despite the fact that he is totally exploiting children's labor it is a child labor violation and you should look into it and it is bad please get but, in for this but you know <laughs> labor protections in this country these days yeah who's gonna right, care yeah, they're not even and yeah. children's rights who's gonna care yeah all right yeah okay all right but back to the main point so team yes pact. team packed what the do they do uh they have different levels of classes but their whole purpose is to get homeschooled Christian fundamentalists into politics at every level. Wait, isn't that Generation Joshua? Yes, they're both they both have the same basic mission. So they compete with each other? They don't really compete with each other. There's a lot of overlap. Again. There's a lot of overlap. So they don't compete as okay. much as like Generation Joshua is entirely focused on a national level. Their entire thing is getting you into federal government. Mm-hmm. And that's why Patrick Henry is basically like a fairy to the White House when Republicans are in office. Mm-hmm. Um, Team Pact focuses on grassroots state level mm-hmm. stuff. So you get in by going to your state capital class, you meet with your state representatives, you learn about your state government, and that is the entry point. Okay, so let's like let's break this down a little bit. First of all, our first encounters with Team Pact. Mine, I'll go first since it's shorter, and also I never did it. Um, like, <laughs> yes. So I was I was at that point being required to like watch children basically full time. I think the year that like all my peers were going to Team Pact was the year when the twins were infants, and I was like not doing school because I was like co-parenting, and. And for the years after that, like, all of my peers were still going, where they're going, like, in leadership positions and stuff. And I have a lot of friends who worked for Team Pact. I have friends who are in the main the main office in Georgia, and I have friends who are in the office in Richmond. Like, I never set foot in there. I never went to it. I, you know, heard lots of things about how the dress code was stricter than our church's dress code. Mm-hmm. And basically, it was, like, every February, all of the homeschoolers from our church stopped talking to me and, like, disappeared for, like, a week so that they could go, like, basically live at the Capitol in Richmond. And then they came back with, like, new clicks and new friends and new stories and, like, all sorts of naughty things that they had done behind their parents' backs while they were there. <laughs> and I felt very left out. Yes. Yeah. I was actually heavily involved in Team Pact because after we moved to... Georgia, we were not very far from Atlanta, so it was easy for me to get a ride to go to the state class, and that was basically, Team Pact was, like, my out and my way of socializing with people. How how did you guys afford it? Because, like, the the excuse my parents always gave was, like, 
Oh, it costs like, I don't know, like a thousand at that point. It was, it was expensive. Like a th- it was like a thousand dollars to the week or something. And my parents were just like, there's absolutely no way in hell that we're going to be able to afford that. Sorry. Yeah. You need to be our, our child la- laborer instead. I got in because they have scholarships. Um, or you can do this thing where you like volunteer and you get a discount. So I went that way and that was the way I was able to get there. That and okay. carpooling. So for all of the all the activism and team pack stuff that I did, I had scholarships for all of it and I was really involved in extracurricular team pack side work doing their student projects and doing random political events with Tim Eccles and Sonny Perdue and I was sort of making a name for myself in Georgia politics at that time so Tim Eccles really kind of wanted to have me as like something he could take credit for Mm. Um, which I remember specifically because I uh, was working on the Ralph Reed campaign when he was running for lieutenant governor, and I was the like regional volunteer coordinator um, at age fifteen for like my tiny, yeah. tiny little pocket of Georgia. Yeah, I remember this. And um, during during national convention, which is something that we're going to get into in just a minute here. This is a team packed event. Yes, it's the it's the big team packed alumni event, um, and you become a team packed alumni after you go through one state class, mm-hmm. and then you're invited to go to the alumni events, which is all of their other programming, including national convention, which is when everyone from all over the U.S. who's been to team packed converges in like Windsor, Georgia or something somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's the first time that like most people have been away from their families for more than a day. Mm-hmm. So it's a thing. Yeah, so I, I had been involved there. Um, but so Ralph Reed had gone to Team Pack National Convention um, the year I was there and- As a student? As a student. Well, he didn't go as a student. I was a student, he was there to like speak real quick yeah i don't know who this guy is so yeah so ralph reed was running for lieutenant governor in georgia is a huge political machine you can google him mm-hmm. he's not really the point of this the point is he came up and said hi to me at national convention and mr eccles was like oh did i introduce you to and i was like no hmm? actually i i did that myself <laughs> and, and mm. he was like kind of upset about it so anyway, wait, he was upset so about I, it or you were upset about it? He was upset about it because like I had I had done this of my own volition as a teenage girl uh-huh. um, without him facilitating it. But he he like wanted to take credit for me anyway. So I did a lot of stuff with Team Pact and I staffed the state class. I was on my way to being a um, staffer. Uh, or an intern rather Mm -hmm. so the way they have the hierarchy is you have like a staffer which is like your state class and you have the interns who travel so I was like on my on my way to to becoming an intern I was kind of like that level Mm -hmm. of involved with team pact so whenever Tim Eccles comes up in the news I am always like uh do you know what you're talking about and, and, and the truth is, no, they don't, because I've been reading the coverage in the AJC 
about his bid for the Senate seat. And they're like, oh, haha, isn't it so cute and funny that this uh, public service commissioner is running for Senate? Ha. And uh, the clip that I'm we're about to play um, is from the National Convention keynote speech that Tim Eccles gave. Well, wait, wait, wait. Before we get there, before we get there, we have to tell like we're going to get into this clip. This clip's important and your experiences of this clip and like this keynote are important. But we have to explain to our listeners what kind of vote he can get out. Right. Why yes. this matters. Because like yeah. otherwise he's just like some nobody with like some weird organization just doing his thing. Right. But like he actually has a pretty big pull. And let's get get those numbers for us. Yeah. So the quote is from another AJC article. And he's like talking about Kemp and he's suggesting that he like pick Doug Collins and then he says if you need someone who can run four statewide campaigns in two years and bringing grassroots campaigners to knock doors he should take a look at yours truly honored to have received the most votes of all time in Georgia yes so what does that mean the most votes of all time in Georgia is that true I'm not sure if it's if it's patently true but I would not be surprised because what Tim Eccles has is homeschooled students, not just in the state of Georgia, but from around the entire country who will travel, pay their own expenses to get there, by the way, travel to go campaign for anybody he says they should campaign for. And I know this because I was on those teams. And and it's something that he's been doing for a very long time. Uh, Team Pack Student Projects and Generation Joshua's Student Action Teams are a huge part of the reason that the Tea Party takeover in 2010 was so successful. Right. And so if you look at like any conversation around homeschool legislative reform, if you talk to like staffers for the offices of those who propose it, you hear stories of them just getting deluged with phone calls because someone like HSLDA or Generation Joshua or Team Pack called in the troops to go mm-hmm. get you know go harass this person into until they stand down because we don't want this bill or go get knock on doors to get out the vote for this person like with Roy Moore. Yes. Team Packers are stumping for Roy Moore. Every they have single been since 2006. Every single time he runs, Team Packers stump for him and this is part of why he like does so well there is because the team pactors are like yeah who cares about his like these accusations like he's for jesus because he's a he's a martyr because of the ten commandments thing Mm -hmm. so which if you don't know that like just google it i don't want to talk about it yeah but um, plus like you know it's really (laughs) it's really not his fault it's the girl's fault obviously obviously which we'll get into later yeah (laughs) the girl defrauded him um (laughs) the girl was the first defrauding so it was (laughs) it was her fault that she was defrauded oh okay but 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 the point is the point is this guy has chops like this guy has stupid chops but this guy has power behind him he has people ready to like come and knock on doors for him and get out the vote at the the, anytime he just says like let's do it so mm-hmm. when he's throwing his hat in the ring, which 
Like, I'm a little surprised he hasn't done it before, but I'm also kind of like, I got to respect the guy for at least knowing his limits. Now that he's throwing his hat in the ring for this Senate seat, like, he's cleaner than Roy Moore. Oh, yeah. So he's got a better chance of, like, actually, like, if it were to come up to a straight-up vote, like, he's, you know, got less of an impressive resume, but he doesn't have skeletons in the closet like this. Like, we were talking about the 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 energy stuff. Like, he mm-hmm. looks fairly moderate. And his whole demeanor is that he's pretty moderate. He's very good at being a politician like Mike Pence, where he's just very respectable. And he will tell you that you are going to hell and you are an abomination. But he will do it in a way that sounds so calm and moderate and like So let's, let's back this up with this clip. What is this clip from? This clip is from the 2017 Pact National Convention. He Which started out... Yes, I was sitting there in the audience. I had no concept of like being queer at that time. I just thought I was broken. I bet if we got a show of hands of like the number of students in that room who have since come out as like queer or trans or both. Oh yeah. It would be like astronomical. It'd be it'd be a it'd be a majority. Um <laughs> to be honest. But yeah, so it's he's giving the speech, and the theme of the week was igniting a chain reaction and how, like, your actions have consequences. And so he's huh. spent the, yeah, he spent the first part of this. I would never have thought, uh, like, a conservative white dude would understand that, but keep going. <laughs> right, I know. Uh, not in the way that we want them to, anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he was talking initially about the secret world as a metaphor for um, porn. And porn is like, at, at the time in 2007, the big bad evil. I think it's still the big bad evil. But porn is only really the secondary big bad evil to wait, wasn't this? Wait, wait that, wasn't that the year that like Fireproof came out? I think it was, it was either the year or the year before. It so was like, very close to if it. If you guys know the movie Fireproof, like there's like the subtext here too with like, this movie is filmed in Georgia by people who are like, like in the same social scene as this guy, and oh, it's yeah. about fidelity and marriage and addiction to porn being the problem. Right. Yeah, and there had been some people at camp, and some people in the class that I had staffed, who were. Acting in a way that Tim Eccles found personally abhorrent. So, mm-hmm. as any good passive-aggressive Southern preacher will do, he preached about it. And um, that is what this clip is getting into. All right. So we're going to play a five-minute clip here. You see how coddling, coddling evil keeps you from speaking out against evil. I am, I am hearing more and more about guys who are they're, they're being effeminate. They're wanting to dress like girls. They're, they're wearing girls' clothes because they fit better. They're, um, they're pretending to be uh, to be gay, pretending. 
No, I'm not talking about guys in public school. I'm talking about homeschoolers. I'm talking about Christian school guys. I'm talking about guys at, at, at Bryant College and other Christian colleges who, for some reason, feel like that this is within the bounds of what they can do, that, that there's no evil or no appearance of evil in this. And I, you've got to ask yourself, what is causing guys to want to do this? Because it is prevalent. Because I'm asking other ministry leaders, are you seeing this in your males? And they're saying yes. This, the whole metrosexual type of uh, type of move uh, uh, out there in, in the media. I don't I don't know whether it's we're seeing it in the media. We're reading about it. The movie characters are doing this, and we're mimicking them and watching them. But our guys, our guys are taking an activity or, or, or a, a lifestyle. We are mimicking a lifestyle that is one of the most destructive forces in America. And we're joking about it. I wish I could, but I cannot tell you more details about the lifestyle and the people involved with it. I just cannot. Because... It, the Bible tells us not even to talk about certain kinds of evil, let alone play and joke about it. So I, I can't talk about it. All I can say, men in this room, is God made you a man. He only made two kinds, male and female. He made you men. And you simply need to focus on developing your godly masculinity, your godly manhood, focusing on being the man God wants you to be. And if you get caught up in what's going on in this culture with these, uh, with all the transgender stuff that is happening, and not only do I think you're going to hurt your testimony, I think you could possibly jeopardize Future, a future relationship with a mate. This year, we had a staff, we, we, not staff, we had, a, we had a class that had a couple of folks in it that, that, were, that were doing this, um, you know, mimicking, mimicking uh, gay guys. And I, it, it's, it's on a lot of the media. I mean, when I, when I rent a movie or whatever, it's almost like every single movie, there is some kind of promo spot for the gay lifestyle. You notice that? There is some kind of positive light shed on the homosexual lifestyle. We simply have to abstain from every kind of evil. And this is a huge one. And I'm eventually going to as I do more study on this, I'm eventually going to write an article about it and wonder what I think the impact of it is. I'm just not prepared to do that. I'm certainly not prepared even to give you any preliminary stuff in this audience. But I can just 
I'll just tell you that I have a zero tolerance. There's going to be a zero tolerance for it this year in Team Time. Zero tolerance. I am not going to have our guys talking about, uh, about oh, when we went out or, uh, or the stranded stuff or uh, it, it, is, it is just any kind of any, any kind of um, um, picture of guys with guys. I, 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 we just, we're just not going to do that. And I, I just, I, I need to ask you, as a part of our ministry, just to abstain from this kind of evil. And it is, it, it is coming on strong. It's not over yet. You're going to see more of it. There'll be more of it in the media. Uh, and it's only going to get worse. We simply need to get, get a handle on it. And guys, for the ones that aren't playing gay, there's all a whole nother group defrauding our, our, our women. Being disingenuous with them, developing relationships for the sole purpose of defrauding them. Abusing their relationships with young ladies. Harassing them. And then when they're with their guy friends, talking crudely about them. Let me just urge you men to be strong and <laughs> flee from, uh, from this kind of conversation and from this kind of activity. Honor these girls as you would your own sister. Girls, you, you live in a culture that everywhere you look, women are using their attractiveness, their clothing, their uh, posture to attract men. And you are urged to do all kind of things in order to accomplish uh, accomplish that goal. I know we talk in Team Pack uh, you know, about a dress code, and but you know, this is a sensual world that we live in. And your parents, our ministry, other people, we know, we know that when you adorn yourself in a way that says to a guy, I'm about sensuality. Or that focuses on your sensuality. Or when you act in that way, that the odds are you are going to, a, you're going to attract a man that wants to defraud you. And you know what guys do who defraud you? They defraud you and leave you and move on and defraud somebody. That's what frauders do. So your parents, I'm urging you to walk circumspectly, to carry yourself in a way that honors Christ. It is, I think it's fairly easy for a girl to adorn herself in a way that that causes a guy to look at her improperly. 
And so you have to take, you know, you, you have to take reasonable efforts to, to, you know, to be sure that you are, uh, that you're modest and that you're honoring God with what you wear and the way that you're acting and that you're not being flirty. Yeah, there are different styles. Uh, we're, we're, we're not, we're, we're not going to show a slide presentation about the clothes that you should wear. It really is a hard issue. Your motive is, is critical in this. Your attitude towards your dad and your brothers and other men in your life. It's important for you to take advice and learn, allow them to protect you. I have a desire to protect my wife, to protect my daughters. Your father, your brother, brothers probably have the same desire for you. You should, you should listen to them as they say, you know what, I, I don't know about that. You should listen to them. Talk with them. Try to understand what they're saying. Abstain from every form of evil. Wow, that was troubling. Yes. Also, so familiar. Defrauding, 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 defrauding. How many times, like, how much of my life in minutes has been wasted by someone obsessively talking about someone defrauding someone else and, like, basically slut-shaming all the women around me? It's so I be just, hours. It's hours. I've, like, I could have been napping. You could have done anything else. Literally anything else. <laughs> I could have been in, having great sex. <laughs> like, what a like, waste of time. <laughs> two or three minutes that he was talking specifically about how everything is the girl's fault. He said the word defraud seven times. <laughs> like, if we had a drinking game for those three minutes, we would be smashed. <laughs> the hangover would be bad. It would be terrible. Don't try this at home. Yeah. Or at Team Pact. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's, let's, let's frame this. We're going to include in the show notes a link to their current student dress code for Team Pact events. Yes, which... Uh, is basically the same as it was when I was there. So so if you've ever been uh, played the game of like spot the homeschooler in public, like that's what they look like. Yep. The if business you go casual to, version. To the state capitol during Team Pact Week and you see a lot of teenage girls in ankle length skirts, you have and, found the homeschoolers. And oversized blazers from Goodwill that smell like grandma. Yep, right. that's them. Yeah. They're not being is... hipster. They're older yeah. than that. It's, yeah. it's different. They were hipster before it was even hipster because they're not hipster. There's a it's, there's like there's this like hierarchy of like who was the original hipster and there's the like the people who were just poor and thought you know shopped at thrift stores because that's what they could afford and then there's the the people who were poor and shopped at thrift stores because that's what they could afford and because they were super conservative and then there's the like kids who are ironically dipping you know slumming it in yeah. order to look weird right and uh we fall in the middle one there yep yes so yeah that was that was just like the whole speech was an hour long and this was the speech that wrapped up the week of talking okay let's <laughs> can i ask you a personal question yeah so 
like let's let's do the like the quintessential like dumb journalist questions. Did you know you were trans at this point? And no. And how did it feel sitting under that if you did know you were trans at this point? I didn't know, but I still felt like horrified and anxious and like like there was a part of me that was like oh no am I in trouble and then also there was the whole part about like being modest enough and I'm sitting there in like a calf length skirt and a t-shirt that's too big for me with a camisole under it like I hope I'm and also you weighed like five pounds and didn't even have tits right yeah it was you know (laughs) it was I should I should I'll find a picture of of me from that week, actually, and we'll put that in the show notes, too, because I had, it was during my head covering phase. Oh, my God, I forgot about that. Right. The head covering phase. Right. So there's absolutely no way he was even, like, possibly considering, you know, shading you in the sermon. Oh, no. It was But because you knew Tim Eccles, like, anything's possible. Right. Yeah. If you know the pastor, there's always a chance you're going to end up as one of his examples. Right, exactly. And and it wasn't me and it was it was one of those things where like a lot of us kind of knew who he was talking about cuz we'd all sort of seen some of the things he was referencing now, but like Was Team Back one of those organizations like my my ballroom dance group and my homeschool ballroom dance group, which is a whole other story, where they have like a shame sweater if you don't dress modestly enough? No. Okay. Um but what will happen is one of the moms will confront you and will give you something else to wear. Uh-huh. Okay. It's not like a dedicated sweater. It's just like, "All right, you need to go change." Okay. Yeah. So, a cross between what happened to my sister when she got kicked out of the homeschool prom and the shame sweater. Right. Yeah, it's like a hybrid because well, at national convention specifically also, everyone is there for the week, so there's no like sending you home. Unless you happen to live, like, within driving distance. Right, right, right. That's got to be really awkward. Yeah, yeah. And every, um, like, camp uh, room dorm thing has, like, a adult parent in it that's obviously gender segregated. Um, they split off the girls from the boys at the beginning of the week to have a specific modesty talk. Ah, right. I forget about this. Yeah. So So at that, it's even more shaming. The modesty talk is like, we all sit down and we talk about how we have to take care of our brothers in Christ and make them not stumble because that's definitely our fault if they do. Because, you know, they're all like, Addicted to porn and we have to, like, help them figure out how not to be. Right. Despite the fact that, like, any team pack person basically, like, they all have to say they haven't ever seen porn before they're even allowed to come. Oh, so I yeah, I did not realize this. Yeah, like, it's not quite that strict. It's more like if you want to be in any leadership position, mm. um, you have to say that you've never intentionally seen porn. But... I feel like there's also <laughs> a commitment to that in like the sign up application. Is it part go. of the statement of faith? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like this part that's like extremely integral to the organization in like weird ways. Kind of odd that they go stumping for Roy Moore, but all right. 
Um, well, you know, he's he's a man of God, and God chose him, and we can't uh, question that. And obviously, like, it wasn't porn. It was just that he was lusting because um, other people existed on the planet in his eyesight. So it's like King David was actually fine, and Bathsheba was at fault. Same kind of deal. Right. Uh, Same exact thing. Got it, like, got it, got it. If, if a boy defrauds you, it is your fault because you weren't modest enough. And that is basically what the entire modesty talk is. That and like, here is how you know if it's too tight. So how does a boy defraud you? I don't know. I wasn't allowed in the boy talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I assume they talk about it there. I don't know. Like, I don't assume that because I've like heard the spark notes from some of these events, not from Team Pack, but like similar kinds of events. And like, well, okay, for example, like a very bad example, but like at the Peace Corps, like there was a reproductive health session that they gave us for training. And like we got a whole hour of being told how to wash our vagina. Um, wow. When you don't have good running water, which is like fine. Like there's some of that information we needed to know. And some of it was like, honey, like we went to school. We, knew, we right. know how this works. We've had <laughs> these for a while. We, yeah. we know how to operate our equipment. Um, <laughs> Believe and then, it or not, <laughs> And then life. outside, the, like the men were having their session and like the Peace Corps doctor was like, everybody have a condom? All right. Don't keep it in your wallet. It might break it. Okay. You're good. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that's what that, like, that, so, like, I don't know, like, how these things are usually parallel. Yeah, my understanding of the boys' talk is that it, it's very simple and just sort of, like, don't harass people and, like, don't wear short clothes and whatever. Those thighs, those meaty, yeah. meaty thighs. Right, with those barely hairy legs. <laughs> oh, Okay. So anyway, this dude is running for U.S. Senate. Okay, but well, the appointment, not for what, Senate. He's proper. also he's also done some like really like extreme anti-choice work as well, hasn't he? Oh yeah, he has been working with almost every pro-life air quotes organization, especially anything that specializes in Georgia for ever. He is a huge part of the pro-life movement. I mean, he has seven kids. He's they're quiverful, so it's just right. par for their course. Um, right. How do you see yeah. this going? Like, um, like, do you think he's actually got a shot? Do you think, like, this guy owes him a favor? Do you think Brian Kemp owes him favors so and is going to, like, tap him on the shoulder? I mean, like, he's stumped for b- many, many conservative Republicans in Georgia and in the South and, like, has close relationships with a lot of politicians. So I would not be surprised. And that's kind of why I think it's silly that the AJC and the media is reporting on this like it's a silly, silly long shot because they obviously haven't been following what he's been doing for the last, like, almost 30 years. Because in creating Team Pact, he has, and and later in launching the student projects, which are not technically the same thing as Team Pact, but the overlap is literally a circle. Mm-hmm. He's forged a lot of 
relationships with a lot of politicians who have both been successful and haven't been successful and with people who have a lot of power in the state of Georgia, including people who now have the power to appoint him to Senate. Isn't so, he like BFFs with yeah. the Cathy's too? Yeah, like they are very close, actually. I think that is how I wound up at Chewett Cathy's farm. Okay, yes. which, yep. by the way, guys, in case you don't know, this is the Chick-fil-A angle. One of yeah. our childhood friends who did Team Pack stuff now, like, owns a franchise, runs a franchise, but, like, yeah. like did his entire career with Chick-fil-A. And, yep. like, we've – the interconnections of these worlds are really, really tangled. So, like, you know, everything we've said about ADF – Plus everything you've heard in the media about Chick-fil-A meets, you know, this guy, Tim A lot of homeschooled Team Pack students get jobs at Chick-fil-A. A lot of people have Tim Eccles or a Team Pack staff person write their letter of recommendation for that. It's a thing well, I've seen happen. Actually, okay, so here's a question for you then. Um, you're talking about these student projects, which I don't know what they are. Um, yeah. And I'd love to hear what they are. And you're yes. talking about labor laws. And I have had siblings work for Chick-fil-A. And, like, actually, of the fast food companies that I know of, they actually have really, like, decent labor regulations and, like, compensation for students. Like, they have, like, the matching program for college mm -hmm. savings. And they actually, like, paid way above minimum wage in Virginia back in the day. They had, like, some, like, rudimentary Starbucks-style benefits happening at, at some point. I knew, like, homeschool moms would get jobs at Chick-fil-A because they could, like, make an extra buck and, like, get some health benefits when, like, their husband was in and out of work or, or whatever. So – And they're closed on Sundays. And they're closed on policy, Sundays as a policy. So it's very Jesus-y. So there's, like, there's all these, like, perks to it. So, like, why yeah. would they – you know, why would a company that's, like, so good about labor stuff – be affiliated with someone who's so bad at it and also what the fuck is he bad at? How is it how does this work? Yeah, so um I don't know why Chick-fil-A would care. Um hmm. <laughs> because it's I don't know, it's just whatever. They they are like a legit good place for homeschoolers to start mm -hmm. out. Um but the student projects are basically a bunch of Team Pactors and Team Pack parents coming together at the call of Tim Eccles to go campaign across the country for whoever it is that Tim Eccles endorsed. Mm -hmm. And it was not officially a part of Team Pact. There was no Team Pact letterhead, which makes it so it's harder to like right. get them legally. Right. In terms of like campaign funding regulation, right. they're not a nonprofit, so they can't lobby. Right. So it was all. Because Team Pact's a nonprofit, right? Team Pact okay. is a nonprofit. Uh, it's a 501c3. And yeah, so they couldn't do any campaigning like they were organizing uh -huh. as Team Pact. So instead, they had what was called student projects. Okay. And the thing about it was, and the reason why I always say Team Pact student projects is because the overlap was literally a circle. All of the organizers who like did Team Pact, well, not all of them, but all of the people who did student projects were also involved in Team mm -hmm. Pact. So the same parents who organized like the Georgia State class were also organizing the student projects in the mm -hmm. South. 
And because I was a Team Pact alumni, I was on the email list for the opportunities that could come, like student projects. So I would get an email from a Team Pact parent or even sometimes Tim Eccles uh, that I was familiar with saying, hey, this candidate is running. We're getting a group together. Let's go campaign for them. It's going to cost this many dollars in gas money and, and so, whatever. like, it would be like a missions trip style thing where you've paid your own way and you did all the labor for free. Exactly. Cute. And where this gets sticky is that, as it turns out, Tim Eccles has been offering this service to Republican candidates in Georgia, in the South, across the U.S., for thousands of dollars through his private <laughs> consulting firm <laughs> called Gold Dome. Oh, Called, Meanwhile, <laughs> called what again? Gold Dome. That sounds Catholic. How does he get away with that? I have no idea. I I had to pick my job off the floor when I read that. I was like, that's what it's called, really? <laughs> that? Anyway. All right. Yeah. All right. So he's, he's getting paid thousands of dollars for the work that he is not doing. And he's pocketing it, and he's making the he's students pay for their way. Yes. Because they yes, believe like, in the cause. Right. Like, I had to pay money to go mm. on the student project and, like, at least, like, cover my gas. Like, there was sort of, like, a pool going, so people, like, paid a little bit, and then we got, like, lodging or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, like, we had some funds from somewhere, I don't know, for, like, hotels for the week a couple times. Mm -hmm. But, like, most people paid hundreds of dollars to get there and campaign, like to fly to Birmingham, to Canvas, Alabama mm. for 10, 12, 14 hour days as teenagers with no pay. And as it turns out, our dear leader has just been selling that labor to candidates and pocketing all of that money. So did he actually get in trouble for this? Uh, people tried uh, a couple years ago in like 2010-ish people in Georgia were starting to get fishy about it because he asked for like a lot of money for consulting and having all these campaigners come in that were somehow not affiliated with Team Pack despite all of them being part of Team Pack and knowing about this through the Team Pack network. But because it's Georgia and because of who he knows and because of how that state's power works, they found nothing substantial <laughs> enough to get him for it, despite, like, it is the so same So do you people. think this will be, like, what would take out his campaign if he were to, like, properly run? If he did get tapped and then he were to run for re-election, would that be the thing that would take him out or would it be just, like, too insubstantial to, like, actually... I don't think people care. He's been doing this for oh a very God. long time. It, they've already come after him for it. He's won an election with the most votes and the most, like, the biggest grassroots campaign. So people just don't care. People think it's really awesome that teens are that engaged in local politics. And, like, it is true that it's good that teens are engaged in local politics, but that is exploitation. Mm -hmm. That is not the same. That is not a teenager like doing something after school that is that teenager is not doing school because that counts as school and they're not getting paid for that labor and they are working like upwards of 10 hour days 
Good. So great. So, yeah. So, so that's cool. Yeah. Wow. Great. Beautiful. Like, I guess that's yeah. a that's a good way to diversify your energy sources. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Young blood. <laughs> Young blood Young is blood. better than coal, guys. Right. Yeah. All we need. And I mean, like, that, that just sort of perfectly ties into their whole emphasis on being quiverful and the roles of men and women. He didn't get into it in this speech clip or in that speech that we played earlier mm-hmm. about, like, the importance of gender roles. But the year before, in a different speech, he really, like emphasized how it was important for men to lead and women to carry on and train the leaders who are going to lead after a la John Piper complementarianism nonsense. Right. So that our our little like five, ten minute clip that we played earlier where he was like, there is male and there is female and that is it was building off of that speech the year before that he gave where he was like men have to step up and they have to lead and they have to run for office and they have to be the face of the things and the women are there to educate the children and to be the homekeepers. Oh, but Kieran, don't you know that, like, when women are running for things, it's because men have abdicated their roles and it's like the whole story of Deborah the prophetess? Right. Yeah, that's the only way it's okay, so. Which, by the way, guys, is actually, like, a pretty baller Old Testament story if you want to, like, go read some weird Old Testament shit. Deborah the prophetess, yes. aka Deborah yeah. the general. Yeah, <laughs> she was really cool. She was super cool. Um, she was cool, and I was like not allowed to like her because she was doing a man's job, right? And isn't that the same like war that like jail the? Oh, I forget. She was not an Israelite, but like she killed their enemy with a tent peg yeah. after like basically seducing him with food. Yes. Yeah. That's like the yes. most Taurus murder story ever, by the way. It's so It's good. like, here, let me give you food and make you nap. And now I'm going to just like kill you with a temp get through your head so that I don't have to right. do any like difficult work of fighting you off. But sorry, I'm like going to like fantasies <laughs> of violence because I'm so mad about this guy. <laughs> um, He's really terrible. And it really bothers me that like the media is just like oh haha that's so funny it's such a long shot when they like clearly like if they spent 20 minutes so the, researching who he's worked with and who his connections are and, and how he has trained out. leaders mm-hmm. who are like already in senate right now already in positions of power like people who i went to team pact with all of these are already well, in positions of well power. and if you look at if you look at his list of like like the team pact alumni list Mm-hmm. On the Wikipedia page, which is terribly inac- in, um, incomplete. I was going to say inaccurate. It's not inaccurate. Yes. It's incomplete. It's fractionally complete. Those are people who owe him. Yeah. And he's going to call yeah. those chips in. Yep. Mm-mm. Not okay with this. Yeah. So, All right. if you live in Georgia, uh, maybe call do something Governor Kemp to and like, be like, call- not yeah. him. Not him. Yeah. yeah. Call call the governor's office. Be like, not this dude, please. Do a like do a petition for a recall. Have a special election. Do something. Do not let Tim Eccles in. The end. Because this is part of his plan. 
Like the conspiracy that we keep talking about, the takeover of the U.S. for Christ, this is part of his plan. This is when they make it happen. This is when they, 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 they take that opportunity and they, they jump in. And he's doing it this way because it's not an election. Right. It's, it's easy, an appointment. It's easier to call in your favors right now and get it and then to just coast as an incumbent who everybody knows because he's been involved in everything for forever than to like actually get the full scrutiny of a proper election cycle campaign. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And like he wouldn't he wouldn't hold up in a debate very well in this climate right now. Like he would with his with his base, but he's so transphobic and so homophobic and so misogynistic that like if he were if it were an actual election where he had an actual opponent it would be much harder for him to have a debate that addressed like queer issues or equity mm-hmm. issues or anything like that. But if he is the incumbent, then that suddenly makes it easier yeah. for him. Yeah. Because he can just be like, well, be- but it- I've done all of these right. things. Right. It becomes a cakewalk. And, deflect. and he can point to his yeah. record. Right. All right. Well, I think that's enough darkness for now. I'm going to, I need a beer or something. God damn. Yeah. I'm going to go do karaoke and have tequila and. Forget about Tim Eccles for a bit. Yeah. Okay. But you guys aren't allowed to forget Tim Eccles. You have to do something about it. We've given you the information. Go fix it. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Actually, no, wait. Come back. We weren't done. Um, (laughs) So obviously this this podcast takes a lot of emotional labor and like uh, contextual analysis and institutional knowledge because we lived through it. So if you like what we're doing, you like the information we're giving you, please join our Patreon. Sign up and support us. You can join for very little every month for the price of a cup of coffee all the way on up to as much as you please. And we will be very, very grateful for your support because we're both part-time employed doing all sorts of things. We do a lot of activism. It takes a lot of energy. And we like doing this podcast, but... um, we also like eating. We like eating. So help us pay our bills. Thank you so much. Thank you. And as always, the most recent two episodes are available to the public. If you want the full archive, you can find it on Patreon or patreon.com slash kitchen table cult pod. We're also everywhere on the internet. Questions go to where, Kieran? Kitchen table cult at gmail.com. And if you want to look up any other information um you can go to our website kitchentablecult.com it also has the links to the patreon because obviously obviously our music is from the band the heavens from their album stenazzo and uh our producer is dave the great he's so good thank you dave (laughs) thank you so much thank you so much all right thanks for listening (laughs) Bye. bye